Good morning. Um, so glad you can join us again uh, online. And uh, before we jump into today's sermon, want to share with you a few things. Um, number one, uh, life groups are uh, geared up and going for the summer. We're really, really excited about helping people connect and where they can grow in their faith and build relationships. And I just wanted you to know that this summer we are gonna have both in-person and online options uh, for life groups. And so if you wanna get connected, ignitechurchfm.com slash life groups or click on the life group tab and that will take you to where you need to go. You can sign up and uh, get involved. It's gonna be really great this summer to be able to um, connect. The other thing I wanted to talk to you uh, about is the question that is on everyone's mind is this, when is Ignite reopening uh, for Sunday services? And that's a great question, and uh, it's one that we're all asking. Uh, It's a really difficult and tricky thing to navigate reopening. Um, On top of it, the complexity is added for Ignite in that we meet in a building that's not our own, that's owned by someone else who has different standards and different kinds of things. And so what we are doing right now, we are working very hard having conversations with Marcus Theater Corporation about how we can open and the ways that we can open um, to do so safely and responsibly. And so we are working on those things. Um, Stay tuned in the the, few days and weeks uh, to come as we continue to roll these things out. And so I just wanted to let you know we are working on it. We're working hard on it. And uh, please pray for us as a leadership as we uh, continue to, to, to navigate these very uh, tricky waters. And so please pray for us and uh, stay tuned. Um, we are going to next week start a new sermon series, which I'm really excited about. We're going to be going through the book of Psalms uh, this summer. Now, we're not going to go through all of the Psalms because there's 150 of them, but we are going to go through a number of them. And, and really what I love about Psalms is this. Psalms is the prayer book of God's people. And so if you've ever struggled with, I don't know what to pray or how to pray, or sometimes my prayer life gets boring or dry, sometimes it feels very repetitive, like this is the series for you. It really will deepen our understanding of how we pray and uh, as we look at the Psalms. So please join us this summer as we go through uh, the book of Psalms. But today, today I wanted to take, before we jump into that, today I wanted to talk to you um, and just share with you some scripture that I think are really important that we continue to come back to time and time and time again. And so if you have a Bible or your phone, please, uh, please pull those out because we're going to go through quite a bit of scripture today um, as, we, as we talk about some things. And, and what I want to remind us all this morning is this, is that When we become followers of Jesus, we become something different than what we were before. Okay, let me say that again. When we become followers of Jesus, we become something different than what we were before. And you're like, okay, yeah, but but this is where it's going to really, the rubber's going to meet the road for all of us. As we talk about today, we're going to be in Colossians chapter 3, uh, verses 1 through 17 today. And we're going to walk through that. Colossians 3, uh, 1 through 17. And what we're going to see in this is that there's this contrast between an old self and a new self. And that the old self uh, needs to be put to death and the new self needs to be replacing those things and living for those things moving forward. And it's this constant change. And if one thing that I know about my own life is that change is a constant in the Christian life. Change is a constant 
in the Christian life. We are always changing. We always talk about wanting to go deeper or maturing or growing or all those things. Why? Because we are constantly changing because there's parts of our heart that continually get exposed by God um, in us in this part of the old self that we're putting these things to death and that moving forward, we're replacing these old things with things that are life and life from God. And so we have an old self and we have a new self. And this is the process that we're gonna be going through um, till the day we die or to the day Jesus comes back. And, and so when we give our lives to Jesus, we are, our identity is changed. And then in this new identity, we move forward into what we were designed to be in the first place. And so we're going to be in Colossians 3, uh, verses 1 through 17. And the first thing that we're going to see is that when we become followers of Jesus, there is a change of identity, a fundamental change of identity. Verses 1 through 4. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on the things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. When we give our lives to Jesus, when we, when we confess that we have sinned against God, that we have been acting as enemies of God by not doing what he designed us to do, by rebelling against what he would have for us. When we realize that we have been enemies of God, that, that we confess those things, we come to God and we say, listen, Lord, I, I have been your enemy. I've sinned against you. I've committed these things in thought and word and deed. And I realize that I am I am rebelling against you. And God, I'm asking you to have mercy on me. And through the cross of Jesus Christ, through his death and burial and resurrection, this forgave our rebellion, forgave our sin against God. And so we become, our identity was enemy of God, now becomes child of God. That, that we were his enemies and fundamentally we were leaning away from him. And when we come to Jesus, when we recognize exactly what it is that we are and we confess those things to God and we ask for his forgiveness and then we give our lives to him. So he says, if you've been raised with Christ, your old self is dead and you're gonna be raised to new life. And he says, if you're this, then, then set your minds on the things of God. Set your minds on the things of Jesus, not the things of this earth. Now, it's also kind of confusing when we think about, like, what does it mean to set our minds on the things, on the things of heaven? And what, what is the things of earth, and how does that work? And so um, it continues, and it will flesh out. Colossians 3 um, will explain to us what is meant by that. And so we're going to continue. As we see this, this uh, Colossians 3, verses 5 through 9, it says this. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. Okay, so that's, this is what is focusing on the earth. Sexual immorality, impurity, passion, which we can think of like lust, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these things, the wrath of God is coming. 
In these two, you once walked when you were living in them. But now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices. Every human being, apart from Jesus when he, was, when he came to this earth and the word became flesh, every one of us is born with a spiritual genetic defect called original sin. It's something that we inherited, that we are, we are born with this desire to turn away from God. Left to our own devices, left to, if there's no restraint on humanity, if there's nothing calling us to something better, then what, we, what happens is, is humans, we will go to sexual immorality, impurity, lust, coveting, idolatry, um, anger, wrath, malice, slander, obscene talk, lying. All of these things, this is what we're predisposed, this is what we go to. Okay? So not only are our hearts inclined towards those things, we actually want to do them. We desire them. We live in them. We celebrate them. And as, as human beings, this is what we will do. And that's the old self. That's the old self that God is calling us to, to, to put away and to put to death and what Jesus died for. It says the wrath of God is coming. God is wrathful towards these things. Why? Because it destroys Malice and anger and slander and lying and idolatry, all these things, they destroy God's good creation. They are deeply offensive to him. They are, they are rude and insulting. And they eat us up from the inside. And, and so many of us, this is, this is the way that we once, this is where we all once lived, right? We all walked in these things. And this is the old self. Now, what's really interesting is when you become a follower of Jesus, you become a new creation, which is amazing. But what happens is, is we end up hauling with us baggage. We, we haul with us baggage and, 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 and all this old stuff. It's the old self. This, this we want to bring with us for whatever reason. And we, we bring this. In, and so the call of walking with Jesus is to put these things to death. And we continue to grow in them. And so when, you, when you're new in the faith, there's a lot of it. And, and we, we hope and pray that as we continue that there's, we're still getting it, putting these things to death. Now, what happens with us is this, is we start to make excuses for these things. And so instead of putting them to death, instead of taking responsibility, instead of owning these things, what happens is we, we make excuses for them. And so we say, well, yeah, I'm slandering that person, but but they did this to me. Or yeah, I'm angry, but I had a bad day at work. Thinking that somehow our circumstances is what's creating this. And that's not true. What's happening is that our circumstances expose what is already there. C.S. Lewis would say it this way. He said, when I would go down to my cellar and I would turn on the lights, there'd be rats down there. And when I would turn on the lights, the rats would scurry. He said, the light did not create the rats. It only exposed what was there. And so when somebody flashes something in your face, it surprises you and you react a certain way. That circumstance didn't create the anger and malice in your heart. It exposed it. 
Now the question is, what are we going to do with it? What are we going to do with it? And the Bible tells us, put it to death. It's unfitting for the kingdom. It's unfitting for the king. It's very harmful and hurtful. And it is a colossal waste of time. Sin is a waste of time. There's so many things we could be doing with our lives, and yet we piddle around with this stuff. Jesus says, no, put it to death. Put it to death. We need to have a desire, we need to change our desires. And a change in perspective, verses 10 and 11. And having put on the new self, so we put off the old self, so now we're kind of in the positive side of things. What are we going to replace it with? And put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Here there is not Greek nor Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. I, I love this, this portion of it. It's kind of where the, where the hinge, so to speak, of the old self and the new self. And what we're going to see now is the new self. And, and, and he says, first off, you need to have a different perspective. Different perspective than what the world has. That in the kingdom of God, there are no prerequisites that we need to achieve before we can receive the grace and mercy of God. It doesn't fall on cultural lines. It doesn't fall along racial lines. It doesn't fall along gender lines. It doesn't fall along socioeconomic lines or popularity lines. There is no prerequisite. You don't have to be something else before you can be loved by God. You don't have to like change yourself and work yourself and clean yourself up or be something different and then God will love you. That's not how it works. How it works is God loves you right where you're at but loves you too much to let you stay there. And I, I, I love this. This is the perspective. That what we see here, it, God says, listen, my grace and mercy can apply to anybody. I love people. And I love the different colors of their skin. And I love the different cultures. I am bringing them to myself. That there is no socioeconomic lines there is no wrong side of the tracks in the kingdom of God. It's just people. People who are coming to him and saying, God, would you forgive me? Even me. It's a beautiful picture. And what I say is this, distinctly Christian. And I love it that that. We have led the way. And so as we look at these events that are happening in our world and the tensions that are happening between systems and races and all of these different things, and, and, and there's this overwhelming narrative that's coming out saying, hey, listen, we're all created equal. We're all people, and we want to be treated the same. We want, we want equality, right? That's what people are fighting for, because we're all the same. The idea that we all are of value and have dignity and worth is from the Christians. It's from the Bible. It's from Jesus. It's from God himself, our creator, the world didn't come up with that concept. The world is full of malice and greed and slander. 
This is about what God wants for us. So we get to lead the way and have a change of perspective when it comes to this. And a change of perspective leads to a change of heart. Verses 12 through 14. Put on then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. And above all these things, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. That when we see things the way that God sees things, we start to feel the way God feels. When we understand that, that God wants to save all people, like from different tribes and tongues and nation, cultures and nations and all these things, when we understand that, it shapes our hearts. And he says part of the new self is this, compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, patience. These are the things that God wants to change in us. This is the new self by which we are being shaped in. And, and one of the ones I want to focus on, which I, I love, is meekness. Because that, I think that one's maybe the most misunderstood in our culture. Because people think that meekness means weakness. And meek is not weak. What meekness is, meekness is strength under control. Let me say that again. Meekness is strength under control. Think about a horse. Think about a horse and how much power they have, right? And when horses are trained and developed and, and can be channeled towards a task, they, take, they, don't, they don't lose any of that strength. Rather, that strength is being channeled towards a purpose. That's meekness. Meekness is strength under control, channeled for a purpose. And that purpose is determined by our master. And so when we talk about like what's going to be, how are we going to use our strength? Well, for what Jesus wants us to. And we're going to be humble and we're going to be patient. We're going to be this kind of people and we're going to grow in this kind of people. And to forgive to forgive as the Lord has forgiven us. So to think about what we all once were in verses like one through nine, as we see the old self and know that Jesus has forgiven all of that and continually forgives us for those things when they show up in our life. As he's forgiven us, we are called to be forgivers of others and to put on love. To put on love. To love someone is to seek their highest good. To love someone is to desire for them their greatest good. And so when we are in interactions with people we don't agree with, when we're in interactions with people we don't know, when we're in interactions with people that we do know and maybe don't like, um, when we have uh, interactions with people that we like and, and really appreciate, what, what is God telling us to do? To love them. And what does that mean? To seek their highest good. To point them to Jesus, to help them grow. That's how we're gonna love people. Changes our hearts. And to have a change of motivation. Verses 15 through 17. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts to which indeed you were called in one body and be thankful 
Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thanksgiving in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Motivation comes from inspiration, okay? Motivation comes from inspiration. We're inspired by something, and that motivates us to do something, right? So whether it be um, a good movie or a good quote or a good book or the life of someone else going, I'm inspired that, by that person, or I'm inspired by that thing, and it moves me, it motivates me to do something, Growing up, um, one, some of it was music, right? You get inspired by music and motivated to do something. And growing up as a child of the 80s, um, uh, one of the things that we uh, saw, one of the most motivating songs is Gonna Fly Now. And people are like, what's that song? It's the Rocky theme, right? So when you hear the beginning of it, just dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun, right? You're just like, yeah, I wanna go like, run a flight of stairs. I don't know why, but I just want to do that. Why? Because we get inspired and our inspiration is motivation. What is, the, what is the inspiration for the follower of Jesus? Jesus. Jesus is our inspiration. Jesus is our motivation. And we can remind each other by pointing people to Jesus and we can remind each other of Jesus. And he says, the word of God dwelling richly within you. The words of God that would dwell in you and, and, and that would motivate us. It corrects us, it encourages us and, 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 and we sing and we sing truth and we sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in our hearts. And whatever we do, Whatever we do, in word or deed, do so in the name of Jesus. So when you go to the grocery store, or when you're at home, or when you're at work, or when you're talking with your friends, or when you're interacting with complete strangers, or when you're in traffic, in word and deed, whatever we do, do so in the name of Jesus. Represent Jesus well. And you're like, that sounds amazing. That sounds really difficult. And I've already not done that today. <laughs> I know. And the reality is, is we are going to continually fail. And especially apart from Christ. But the beauty of the Christian walk is that when we fail, we have a, we have a Savior who's forgiven us, who will help us move forward. And so we need to be humble when we, and admit when we're wrong and ask Jesus to continually shape and mold us moving forward. And let, let the Spirit of God shape you. Let the Word of God dwell in you and let the people of God encourage you and you be an encouragement to them. All the more so as we put off the old self and put on a new. Guys, we're called to a new self and it's better than anything that we've experienced back here. So let's continue to walk that way. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for this time. And Lord, now I'd ask that you would reveal to us where that old self is still lurking in our hearts and in our minds. And where that is exposed, God, I pray that we would confess that 
and put it to death. God, you nailed it to the cross. We, we give it to you. Please nail it to the cross. Forgive us. And Lord, let us walk in newness of life and put on the new self. And let us be a people who are made new. We love you, Lord, and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.